Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that you're all feeling balanced and whole wherever you are in the world and tuning in today. And for those of you who may be feeling slightly unsettled or disconnected in any way, if you can, I want you to just take a moment and find a comfortable position to either sit or lay in. And you can go ahead and pause right here if you want to go ahead and get settled and then restart whenever you are comfortable. So if you feel inclined to, you can go ahead and close your eyes and place one hand on your chest and the other on your belly and slowly begin to inhale through your nose, filling up your lungs and allowing that to push your belly outwards. And when you are ready, very slowly exhale through your mouth, squeezing your belly in to push all the air out of your lungs. And you can go ahead and repeat the same process two to three times, each time visualizing the air moving into your lungs and expanding your rib cage. And if you can, try to make each breath deeper and deeper. And whenever you feel ready, you can either slowly sit up or open your eyes and continue on with whatever you were doing and together we will jump right into today's topic. So as you may have noticed from the episode title today, today's topic is a continuation from our last topic together and that is because after I posted the original topic on core wounds, I realized that what we covered in the original episode was very information heavy and a good introduction to the topic. But I figured it might be a good idea to approach this concept of core wounds differently in today's episode by taking a more focused approach and covering some real life examples to help make the topic more relatable and easier to grasp. So if you've already listened to last week's episode, then you will have a good foundation for what we are going to cover today. And the reason why I'm returning to this topic once again is because the thing about core wounds is that most of us don't even know that we have them until someone comes along and just scratches at the surface of a wound and we realize that there is a scar beneath the surface. So every painful experience in our lives can be narrowed down to a core wound. And so if we want to create a sense of wholeness within it's important to bring awareness to this topic because it's a fundamental aspect of our healing and sense of wholeness. And just to recap, the key takeaways from the previous episode were that our core wounds can develop throughout various stages of our lives, but the majority of them often start out in childhood. And those core wounds in turn impact our concept of self, identity, belief systems, attachment styles, and our sense of connection to others and the world. Now, in the previous episode, I mentioned how majority of our wounds are a result of our relationship dynamics with our primary caregivers, which in most cases is our parents. And 
as we progress through life, these wounds can be either further reinforced or initiated for the first time by our friend groups, extended family, and society as a whole. So these wounds are processed by the body the same way as physical trauma in that the same areas within the brain are activated. So because the brain views these wounds as a threat to our survival, we begin to subconsciously protect ourselves from these wounds by behaving in certain ways to ensure that the wound will not be reactivated. So we create a mask or false sense of self as a means of personal protection. And something important to keep in mind is that as adults, we barely have the mental capacity to process our emotions, let alone attempting to rationalize these events during childhood. And since majority of these wounds are formed in childhood, we are experiencing these big emotional events without the proper tools or skill set to process them. So we end up creating these false stories or definitions around what actually happened. And what happens most often is that these core wounds that we carry begin to compromise our basic human needs for love, belonging, safety, and security. So for today, we will focus on the three most common core wounds that people experience. And for each one, we will cover the potential ways in which they can develop and how they can show up in our lives. And in future episodes, maybe we can consider some of the other core wounds or revisit some of the topics that we discussed today. But again, let's just lay a basic foundation so that we can begin to acknowledge and empower ourselves through our own personal healing journey. So the first wound that we are going to cover together today is the wound of rejection. So if you were to look up the word rejection in the dictionary, it is often synonymous with concepts such as to dismiss refuse to accept or to push another person away. And if we consider this from the perspective of science, if someone was to get an organ transplant, one of the biggest concerns is often that the body will see the transplanted organ as something that is foreign. And as the body rejects this, the immune system mounts an immune response and attacks the organ in an attempt to destroy the foreign tissue. So at its core, this idea of rejection is saying that something is either unwanted or foreign. And some of you may remember that in episode 16 on boundaries, I mentioned that for the human race and our ancestors, perhaps, and even today even, but more specifically when we were living in tribes and community settings, the worst thing that could have happened to a human being was to be exiled from their community or tribe. So the core wound of rejection is very much correlated with this fear of not being accepted or being cast out or alone, which threatens our sense of belonging. And this fear may have started from a sense of not feeling connected with our parents or friends, or perhaps through being bullied when we were younger, being pushed away, ignored, or made to feel as though we are an outsider. And this Feeling of not being wanted makes us feel less than in some way. And that translates into us feeling as though there is something innately wrong with us and that we are broken or flawed in some way. And some people, as a result of that, have a very strong fear and feeling that they should not exist. So the trauma of rejection results in feelings that are very strongly correlated with shame, a sense of being undesirable and worthless. 
And something important to keep in mind is that some of these wounds start to take shape before we are even born. And that rejection can take place in utero if the mother exhibits self-sabotaging behavior, feels resentment towards their child, lacks emotional regulation, or has considered having an abortion. And I will actually share a very interesting story about this near the end of today's episode as well. So as children, we may have felt rejected by our parents if we were neglected early on, had withdrawn or emotionally unavailable parents, and felt as though we were not seen or heard. So other ways that this can often show up is if we were left to perhaps raise ourselves, we're often left with other relatives, or were quite literally given away by our parents at birth. So you can see here that the main issue distills down to feelings of worthlessness, especially being uh, not worthy of belonging, because through this sense of belonging is where we feel a sense of value. We feel lovable and we feel worthy. But if we are missing this key belief early on, we begin to establish beliefs such as no one wants to be with someone who is broken. And as a compensatory mechanism, we either become withdrawn ourselves, end up pushing others away or choosing to be alone to avoid this fear of rejection or become very critical or judgmental of others. And other people often show or manifest this wound of rejection through doing everything that they can to make themselves seem superior to others in order to not feel less than. Or they might become overachievers because they believe that this sense of overaccomplishment will make them worthy of love. The second wound that we're going to cover today is the wound of abandonment. So again, if we were to look up the word abandon in the dictionary, it is correlated with concepts such as to leave someone behind, especially when you shouldn't. So this often involves parents disappearing for long periods of time or not being present at all, which translates into feelings that we are not deserving of their time or love. And this wound runs so deep that it almost feels as though someone has refused to see us as human beings. So we begin to mistrust our boundaries and our sense of personal power. And to go back to our inability to process our life circumstances, as children, we aren't thinking about the fact that our parents themselves are complex human beings with their own set of life struggles and lessons. Instead, we're constantly internalizing their behavior as a reflection of our worthiness of love. Now, most often, the wound that is created from being left behind is that children who feel abandoned by their parents have a strong desire to bond with others and as a result, develop a strong sense of dependence. So these are often the anxious avoidant attachment styles where these types of wounds manifest as this need or craving for closeness, but also avoiding attachment at the same time. And additionally, what happens is that when people are struggling with these deep wounds around abandonment, they might find themselves often falling into victim roles. And because of their constant fear of being abandoned, they may doubt themselves 
and require constant attention or reassurance within various relationship dynamics. So the wound of abandonment can also manifest as feeling responsible for the happiness of others or certain people-pleasing behavior. So it can show up as separation anxiety, difficulty trusting in relationships, hesitations around commitment, sensitivity to criticism, becoming attached to unavailable partners, and then deeply rooted fears around loneliness. So the belief that is constantly circulating in the mind of someone who has been abandoned is that people always leave when things get tough. And as a result, they may either create situations that prove this belief or do everything in their power to prevent the other person from leaving. The third wound that we're going to cover today is the wound of betrayal, which is this medley of rejection and abandonment. So it's a very deeply rooted, painful wound for anyone to experience and often stems from having unreliable or unpredictable parenting styles, parents with extreme mood swings, having dealt with a lot of broken promises in childhood or disloyalty or betrayal of personal information. And what this does is it breaks your level of trust in those that are the closest to you. And so a compensatory mechanism for this is that people that experience betrayal early on in life tend to be the ones who always need to be in control. And if you think about this whole concept of betrayal disloyalty, it only is ever caused by those closest to us because in order to feel betrayed, you must first have to have put your trust in another person. And this often involves meaningful connections in our lives because we never feel betrayed by people we don't know. In order for us to experience disloyalty from another person, there needs to have been an expectation of loyalty within the dynamic in the first place. So What betrayal does is that it threatens our sense of security and we begin to believe that if we let someone in, they will only hurt us or break our trust or that someone better will always come along and take our place. And in order to protect ourselves, we have to have full control of everything that is happening in our lives. And this often shows up as perfectionism, overcompetence, overthinking, and creating separation between ourselves and others as a form of protection. So those were just some very, very brief overviews of some of the most common core wounds that people experience throughout their lives. And something that I mentioned in the previous episode is that most of us are not just dealing with one, but are dealing with multiple wounds. So this is where it becomes a bit challenging to distinguish between the wounds because you may think that you need to distill it down to one when in fact you're dealing with multiple wounds that are kind of creating this intermeshed relationship and making it difficult for you to to separate and categorize. And something else that complicates the situation even further is that if there is an absent parent figure in your life, that doesn't automatically translate into a wound of abandonment. It all boils down to how you internalize that experience. You may have internalized that as a wound of rejection. So again, these are where things get a little bit complicated and we need to look at it from a grand perspective in terms of how it's impacting your life currently and the compensatory mechanisms that you have established how it's manifesting within various relationship dynamics. And that's where we can begin to distinguish which wound you're actually dealing with. And if it's multiple addressing it from that perspective, but something that you may have noticed is that there 
is are these echoing themes that continually show up within the various wounds around feelings of separation, lost, loss, or broken trust. And what that often translates into are two core statements of either I am not enough or I am not lovable. Now, before we cover some ideas on how to begin to heal these wounds, it's very important to note that our core wounds often manifest in our physical body through both our physical appearance and the way that disease shows up in our body as well. And to give you some examples of what I mean by this, I'm going to share two stories with all of you today. And the first is the story that I had referred to earlier and said that I would return to uh, near the end of the episode. And that was a case study from our clinical internship year, which was a case of very severe eczema that was extremely difficult to treat. So after trying nearly everything for this patient, one of the supervisors had this idea to ask them about their mother's the environment of their mother's pregnancy. And what was discovered was that the pregnancy was actually unwanted. So in essence, the eczema was a physical manifestation of the rejection that was felt in utero. And once this was realized, the patient's skin began to heal and slowly clear over time. So this is just one very brief example of the power of these core wounds and how they can show up physically in our body. The other experience was actually one with one of my own patients, again, within this clinical internship year, and it ties in really beautifully to this whole concept of, in particular, how our skin is often a reflection of our internal state. And so I had this patient that had very widespread vitiligo all over her body. And I remember one visit in particular, my supervisor walked into the room and I was so lucky to be blessed with a couple of incredible supervisors that were very much aware of the energetic connection of disease. And so this supervisor of mine wrote on the corner of my chart, ask her about isolation. And so I did. And I said to this patient, was there ever a time in your life where you felt isolated or outcasted from a community or society. And she said, yes, my entire life from my childhood to the point where I immigrated to Canada, I've always felt like an outcast. And it's interesting after I had that conversation with her, I began to research this a little bit more and found out that in fact, that vitiligo in particular is very much correlated and linked to feelings of not belonging and being isolated from the groups that we are meant to belong to. Now, I'm not saying that all conditions must be traced back to an emotional core wound, but in certain cases when it is relevant and the root cause isn't clear, we need to consider the whole person and approach things from another perspective because there's no such thing as an unknown cause of disease. There is always a root cause. We just need to know where to look in every single individual case. So with all of that in mind, for this last portion of today's episode, I want to cover a few really quick steps in terms of beginning to understand our core wounds a little bit better, because I know we did cover some steps towards healing in the previous episode as well. So feel free to revisit those and kind of create your own hybrid um, step-by-step format if you would like. So if you ever feel triggered, the first step is to establish awareness. So this simply means st- 
declaring to yourself that you feel triggered in that moment. So the awareness of the trigger in and of itself, because most people, what often happens is that they don't even recognize the trigger until they have had an emotional outburst. The second step that often follows the awareness is validation. And the reason why many of us never truly heal or fall into deeper patterns of trauma is because the people around us who we are the closest to are the ones we seek this validation from and rarely ever get. So you can only get validation from someone who themselves is aware of the impact of a wound and understands the entire healing process. The third step is reflection. So after the trigger has been recognized and validated, you can begin to ask yourself, ask yourself what part of you is being triggered by this, by taking a closer look at the feelings that are coming up and perhaps asking why. The next step would be the self-discovery process. So this is where you begin to ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? What am I afraid of and what am I trying to protect? Because if you remember at the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned that most of the time we are desperately trying to protect ourselves from having feeling triggered or having this wound reignited within us that perhaps we know exists or may not even be aware of. So once you figure out what it is that you need that has been triggered through a certain situation, you can then begin to take accountability by asking yourself, how can I meet this need? which often involves various self-care practices. And if you are unsure about what your needs are in the first place, I do have an episode on the basic human needs that you can revisit just to kind of give you a refresher of some of the most basic things that majority of us are often craving in our lives. The next step is acceptance. So this is beginning to accept all parts of us and that in turn translates into creating wholeness from within. And once that is established, the next step is our overall evolution. So moving beyond the wound, which is a journey that often requires much support and guidance. And I wanted to introduce these steps just very briefly in today's episode so that they're all in one place and in some sort of a sequential order. For those of you who are interested and you can begin to apply this as a roadmap if you have this gentle curiosity about today's topic in terms of when a trigger comes up and just having that simple awareness of it, I believe is a really, really great starting point. And then over time, you can begin to investigate things a little bit further because I know that it can be very, very challenging to unearth or even address these sorts of things. And because of that, I wanted to mention for those of you who live in British Columbia or who are interested in visiting and working with me, I offer a very specific form of therapy that combines a couple of different Eastern traditions, which often involves a combination of acupuncture and a focused intake during the session that helps your body and soul to process the information. So we're not involving the mind. We are allowing the body to process the information and the soul to integrate it. So this isn't your traditional talk therapy. It's a more focused approach to help uncover your personal constitution and story. And as we do that, the acupuncture moves the energy through the body. So it's almost processing the entire experience in and of itself. And I often recommend anywhere between four to six sessions that are done weekly. And if you guys are interested in learning more about this, feel free to contact me. So with all of that in mind, let's move right into this week's episode prompts. 
Prompt number one is, what situations do I feel most triggered by? Prompt number two, can I trace this trigger back to a belief? And prompt number three, what does this belief say about me? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I hope that today's topic really helped to pull together the concepts from the previous topic that we had discussed. And now with some of the more real life examples, it can allow you to apply the information more practically into your life instead of just having facts that you don't know what to do with. So I hope that you walked away with a lot of really big insights from today's topic. And as always, feel free to share this episode with your family and friends. And I look forward to connecting with all of you in a future episode.